Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in for Bearcat Rewind. On today's episode, we're joined by the head coach of Northwest Missouri State University Baseball, Darren Lowe. We're recording here on May 4th, what would have been the day after the final regular season series of the year for this Bearcat baseball team. Coach Lowe, kind enough to join us to discuss how difficult this spring has been for him and how a coach approaches next season with seniors sticking around for another year and a new freshman class coming to college. But we're not going to use this entire show to harp on COVID-19. You've heard enough of that, and we have plenty more with Coach Lowe to get to. He left Valley City State University in North Dakota as one of the school's best baseball players of all time. He was drafted by the Seattle Mariners, and he has a really rich baseball life from playing all the way into the coaching days, which we'll discuss here today. We're really excited to have Coach Lowe with us this afternoon. A Bearcat Rewind is brought to you by the Northwest Foundation, providing support for the Northwest Alumni Association and the university's funding needs since 1971. More information is available on Facebook or online at nwmissouri.edu slash alumni. And Mosaic Medical Center Maryville. Mosaic provides orthopedics and sports medicine services. For more information, mymosaiclifecare.org slash sports. We spoke with Coach Lowe about Bearcat baseball, pitching, and some pretty impressive talent in the major league organization that he played for. Darren Lowe is our guest on this edition of Bearcat Rewind. Today on Bearcat Rewind, we are joined by Darren Lowe, the Northwest Missouri State head baseball coach. And Coach Lowe, we appreciate you coming on and, and uh, being with us here in uh, kind of a weird time as we record here on uh, May 4th. We're coming off the weekend that would have wrapped up your regular season there in Joplin against Missouri Southern. What's this been like for you, um, you know, your normal schedule of being on the road so much, focusing on the baseball team and all that being ripped away by the virus? Yeah, sure. It's been a crazy spring, and you know, it seems like every weekend, you know, we get snow in Maryville, and and uh, you know, in the spring, and obviously we we look at our schedule and think, well, we would have been playing at home this weekend. So, you know, it's uh, you, you kind of target those weekends and, and kind of guess or or see on your schedule where you would have been. But uh, yeah, you're right. You know, you know, we were we were off and running, and and uh, we played real good baseball in the first couple of weeks. We we took a few steps back, um, and we were getting ready to to play our best baseball. I think when we were heading down to Rogers State in Oklahoma, and you know Andy Peterson gave me a call, and we were at about job one on a Thursday, and he said turn the bus around and 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 come on back. And at that time, obviously, we didn't have any answers, and, and maybe we don't have all the answers right now. But uh, you know, it's it's been a lot of up in the air as far as sports schools and, and everything like that what are the emotions like uh for yourself as you get that phone call but then you have to turn and look at your team and tell them that um there's a good chance that the season's over right at that point yeah that was tough and that was tough i just stood up in front of the bus and said we'll turn around or the season's been suspended and you know i think at that point everybody said obviously knew something was going on and, uh you know something was going to happen but uh you know just to, to have it drop dead day of no more games past that Friday. Um, well, at that point, we even actually thought, well, if this thing blows over in you know, two or three weeks, we'll resume the season and, and, and keep going. And uh, so with that in mind, we did not collect uh, equipment, uniforms, any of that stuff. So now that's been the challenge to try to get some of that stuff back. And, and we'll get it done. But, uh, you know, so much uncertainty at, at that time. And uh, obviously that leads us to, to where we are today. That first big domino to fall seemed like it was the NBA shutting things down there for a brief time before it you know, obviously extended much longer. Then spring training for Major League Baseball got, um, you know, they, they put a pause on that. And did did you kind of see the writing on the wall that that could be coming um, sooner than later? Sure, sure. I think you, I think everybody saw that. You know, once uh, 
you know, the schools started closing, the, the major sports started closing down, you know, obviously um, not wanting to because of the revenue of, of those sports. And, uh, you know, I think you're right, the dominoes started to fall and, and uh, with all of them. And then, of course, as soon as NCAA canceled spring championships, we, we felt like, uh, you know, it's not looking good. Uh, because even if we can come back to play, you're, you're not you're not uh, playing to go to a World Series. You're playing to go to a conference championship and then be done from there. So, and then the last part, you know, when they granted uh, those years of eligibility back to uh, those players, then you know we really knew that we weren't going back to to playing baseball again. Well, and that kind of leads me into one of those these other things I kind of wanted to bring up and, and talk with you about too is. Um, knowing the chance that, and I'm sure some seniors might say, you know what, I've gone through school, I'm ready to take that next step, and, and baseball is great, but you have to hang it up. But having some seniors at least come back, but you're also bracing getting yourself ready for an incoming freshman class, how does a coach handle that whenever you think dominoes are going to fall one way, but then all of a sudden you kind of have to maybe restructure um, maybe even playing time or, or who's going to redshirt and how all that works? Yeah, it's it's I think everybody's going to be affected for the next four or five years. You know, just kind of where your standing was uh, in that depth chart. You know, we feel like when we go recruiting, we want to have a solid player for, you know, basically every class. Uh, you know, now we're going to be a little bit uh, jammed up at that uh, incoming freshman, sophomore class. Um, I, I think it will affect the, the high school seniors now going to college. I think it will probably affect them the most because they're, they're going to be going into a loaded program basically um but on the other half uh, you know i the first thing i did was contacted all my seniors and uh you know gave them a couple of weeks to uh you know think about things and uh kind of see what they want to do um of my eight seniors uh, i only have one coming back and that's uh that's a little surprising to me but you know when you sit and think back um you know a lot of these guys were red-shirted uh, so they've been in, in school for five years already. A lot of those guys have graduated, which, you know, credit goes to them. They've they've got their academic work done in five years because they've been good students and, and uh, you know, they, they want to move on with their lives. So, and I can certainly understand that. It's, you know, they can go out and get a job. Of, of course, talking to them now, you know, a lot of those guys have mentioned that, you know, now they're in hiring freezes or the jobs that they had, they weren't able to start up on those jobs. So, they're, they're stuck for a little bit, but uh, the one guy we do have coming back is Connor Quick. Uh, Connor's probably the best hitter in the conference, and you know, so we're we're certainly excited to get him back. He still had one semester of school left, and, and he wanted to to play his final year. Um, but then on the backside, the, the next conversation we'll have to have is you know all of our juniors uh, right now. They're excited to get that year back and still be juniors, but you know they'll be on that same career path of. You know, being in college for five years, so they want to come back for a sixth year. Um, so those are the conversations that we'll probably have to have in the fall uh, because if those guys choose not to come back and, and play that last year, uh, we're going to have to start recruiting those positions again that we didn't think we were going to have to. That is hard. Just kind of sends shockwaves up and down and really uh, shovels up probably plans that you guys had three, four, or five years down the line. Uh, you talk about a guy like Connor Quick. Um, how much is a year for him coming back? important to get seasoned a little bit more and is he one that kind of looks ahead and says you know what if I can make myself a little bit better a little bit stronger then I have a chance to really um, jump up a little bit further in the prospect rankings possibly get drafted and and have like a future in baseball um, just having one more year of seasoning 
Sure. You know, I, I'm, I'm sure um, that's in the back of his head. I, I think uh, knowing Connor, the type of mentality that he has, he just wants to play baseball and, and uh, be a great teammate. Um, you know, he doesn't get caught up in the whole pro- professional baseball thing. But, uh, but you know, on the backside, he was leading the conference and hitting when the, the day we stopped and, you know, leading in a lot of those categories. And, uh, you know, we're, we're excited to get him back and, and just uh, thankful that he had that opportunity to come back. Coach Lowe, you came to Northwest Missouri State, named head coach uh, in 2000. At what point for you did it feel like Maryville could become a permanent spot? Where Were you at that time kind of thinking maybe be here for a couple of years and keep jumping up a little bit higher and higher, or was it uh, one of those things you kind of fell in love with the town? Yeah, I mean, when, when, when you're a young coach, you obviously want to uh, keep moving up the ranks and, and get as, as high as you possibly can. And you know, I, I'd uh, been to two other schools. I started at Missouri Valley College in Marshall, Missouri, uh, coaching football and baseball there. Um, had an opportunity to move to Baker University, same conference. Felt like it was uh, a little better fit for me at the time. Um, so I was at Baker University in Baltimore City, Kansas, for, for three years. And then uh, had the opportunity to interview at Northwest here. And, and uh, actually, were, I was coaching with a lot of uh, Northwest alums at Baker University, and, and they um, obviously told me this position was open and would be a great uh, fit for me. And, and fortunately, uh, Jim Red hired me, uh, you know, to be the, the new head baseball coach here. And uh, and like you say, you want to keep getting that program better so you can move on. Um, but then, you know, we just, uh, we felt as a family, my wife and I uh, had our first uh, child that first year here. Uh, just felt like, you know, the school system for our kids, the community, you know, I'm kind of a small-town guy anyway, and it uh, uh, felt like didn't want to take our kids to a big city, to a, you know, a D1 town uh, of sorts. Um, and, and obviously when you look at Northwest, you know, everybody says it, but you feel like we have something special here, something a little bit different, and, uh, and it's just a tough place to leave. You know, it's, uh, you know the, the university uh, is an easy place to recruit to. Uh, the community is easy to, to recruit to. Uh, you know, they gave us an opportunity to be successful. And, you know, as a coach, what more do you want than that? So uh, just felt like, uh, and then, you know, once we had our, our uh, second child, third child, just felt like, you know, at this point, we don't want to disrupt their, their schooling and move them around the country and and uh, be hopping around and, and just, uh, you know, and uh, start thinking that, you know, this is the place that I've spent the majority of my life now. So uh, going on 22 years and, and, uh, you know, just uh, don't see myself any other place at this point. Well, more than 500 career wins at Northwest. You're approach- approaching 700, I guess, overall, including Baker and Missouri Valley. But the one thing that, that I didn't know about until you mentioned it here, I knew you played a little quarterback while you were in college at Valley City State University. I didn't realize you coached a little football, too, when you are at Missouri Valley. So uh, was there any thinking of uh, kind of going the football route instead of baseball? You know, it was, you know, I coached football for, for I guess, five years. I, I didn't coach football my first year at Missouri Valley. I uh, coached it my second, third, and then all three at Baker. Uh, felt like, um, you know, being the head baseball coach really thought that I could, you know, obviously be my own boss, um, you know, kind of do things the way I wanted to. Um, you know, there's football has a lot of meetings, and, you know, you're kind of, uh, uh, you're stuck in the office a lot as far as film. You know, breaking down tape and, and uh, you know, for the next weekend and next weekend and your own guys. And it just felt like, 
Uh, baseball was the kind of the route that I wanted to go. Um, had an opportunity to play some professional baseball, and it felt like if I was to keep moving up the ladder, um, you know, at least that uh, professional baseball background might op- uh, open some more doors for me in the future. So, um, you know, chose that route. And when uh, Jim Johnson retired in 1999, uh, you know, uh, felt like uh, had people told me, you know, people just don't leave Northwest. They, they, the coaches that I was uh, coaching with said, you'll be there forever. And I, I kind of didn't believe at the time, but here I am. <laughs> so you never mosey on down to the other coaches' offices there and uh, break down some game tape with uh, Coach Wright or Coach Osborne or any of those guys? Oh, yeah. We, uh, you know, they break down film right across the hall from my office. So, you know, I'll, I'll sit down and, and uh, chat with them. And, and uh, you know, it's fun getting back in and, and seeing how these guys – you know, uh, prepare their team. I, I think the just watching the Northwest football coaching staff is is so much different than what I went through. Uh, you know, they got it figured out. They they know the direction they want to go, and and uh, and they don't waste time. Uh, you know, on things that they they can't control or, or the things that they aren't going to do uh, on the weekend. You know, and I think the other thing that I see in our football staff is the importance of family uh, outside of football. You know, I think uh, when you coach football, you can really get consumed with, you know, the more time you put in, the more success you're going to have. Um, I just see those guys really making it a priority to get away from the game and, and get away from the office and get back home to family. And um, I, I say that's that's always been, um, you know, great to see from those guys uh, of putting family first. Well, for you, we go back to the Valley City State days and Long was playing quarterback. Also a pretty good pitcher. Back in 1987, led the NAIA in strikeouts. Um, you have the Valley City State record in career wins, career strikeouts. Um, whenever you're coming up as a pitcher and, and pitching at that level, when did you realize that you might have a future beyond just playing in college? You know, um, back then, of course, you didn't have ESPN. You didn't uh, have, uh, you know, see a bunch of college stuff in the news. Um, it was you know, your three channels, and if you didn't get seen on local TV, you really didn't get seen. Um, so, you know, the scouting of baseball was a lot different back then. Um, I, the, uh, probably the first indication that I um, felt like I had an opportunity, we went down on our spring trip, and we were in uh, Weatherford, Oklahoma, and there was three scouts there to watch me pitch. Um, one was the Mariners uh, organization, Um Tommy Pitch, I, I pitched uh, pretty well. Uh, I, I threw hard all day. I think that's probably the biggest thing that, that they were looking at, the velocity. Um, and and then I didn't hear from anybody um, after that. So um, draft day came, and I was getting ready for a, uh, a summer baseball game um, back back home where, where I was coaching Little League and, and fixing the Little League fields. And, and um, one of the brothers of one of my teammates rode his bike up and said, uh, they, you know, you're drafting in the, in the 26th round by the Mariners, and they're going to call you tonight. So uh, that was a win- Wednesday. Uh, scout flew in and, and signed me in a Fargo, North Dakota hotel room, and he said, uh, you can leave tomorrow or Friday. And uh, and uh, I decided to take one day to pack and uh, had some friends out to the house, flew out Friday to Bellingham, Washington, and, and uh Played 90 straight games that summer in, in the short season uh, league out there. Wow. So did you have any hesitancy at all, or was it like, you know what, 26th round, I'm going? 
Oh, yeah. I, you know, I was a senior in college. Uh, I didn't have, uh, you know, any, any bargaining power back then. You didn't have all these uh, independent teams that you could go get hooked up on and, and uh, you know, maybe in, up, up your draft stock or something like that. So, you know, heck, I was just, I was just uh, excited that I didn't have to pay for my own airline ticket. So, <laughs> uh, I was ready to, to get out and experience the world a little bit. And had an opportunity to play three seasons with them, and, and uh, you know had a had a lot of great teammates, a lot of great teammates that went on and, and had great uh, major league careers. And, and uh, it's fun to kind of watch those guys on Facebook and, and see how now they're transitioned into family and, and all that uh, all that life after baseball. You mentioned that you threw hard, so was it velocity is what sold the Mariners? And do you know how hard you were throwing back then? Oh, again, you know, not every dad had a radar gun back then. And I would, uh, I wouldn't even uh, feel like I'd have an accurate guess, but uh, just felt like I could throw a fastball by people. Um, did not have a curveball uh, slider or a changeup at the time. And, um, uh, they found that out very quickly at, at, at professional baseball. Uh, my first two outings in Bellingham, I gave up uh, back-to-back six-run outings. Both of them included a grand slam. Um, the last one was in Bend, Oregon. I can still remember it vividly. And uh, my pitching coach looked at me and he said, you need a breaking ball. So I said, yeah, I, I think I do. Uh, so they taught me a slider. And, uh, you know, the slider just kept improving over the course of that summer. And then... Uh, my, my next, uh, the next year then went down to spring training in Tempe, Arizona, um, with fastball slider and, um, uh, was a short relief guy out of the bullpen and, and had an opportunity to go to Hampton, Virginia, uh, in the Carolina league. That was our, um, that was our next step up and, and really had a good year there. Um, played 140 games in 144 days, uh, basically all baseball every day. So, um, but had a great year. Spot started a little bit. Um, went back down for my, my next spring training the following year. Got sent to San Bernardino, California. Uh, unfortunately, had a back injury that, um, you know, just took a few miles an hour off my fastball and just never recovered from it. So um, that was enough to, to get me released by the Mariners and, and tried to rehab and come back. But again, you just, you just couldn't uh, get in contact with anybody back then. And, um, so once they released me, I, I decided that I'm going to move on with my my coaching career and, and had an opportunity to uh, grab a graduate assistant job at North Dakota State University. Um, I knew their coach. I'd always played against him, uh, talked to him in the summer and so on. Um, I got on as a graduate assistant there for two years, and then uh, once I got my master's, got the call to, to go to Missouri Valley College. Yeah, that's kind of crazy how it just bang, bang, bang like that, and it just goes right through. And, and that is a lot of baseball in a short amount of time each of those summers. And you mentioned the Carolina League. If memory serves, I think the Durham Bulls playing that, which, of course, the famous Kevin Costner movie from the 80s, Bull Durham, it shows minor league um, baseball kind of some tough conditions. Is that kind of accurate when people think about the bus trips and what you guys are doing and you're barely getting paid? I mean, is it is it kind of tough living for a while? Uh, it is, and it is very accurate. Uh, you know, it's uh, uh, old buses and, and uh, bad hotels and, and just, uh, you know, driving through the uh, tobacco fields of the Carolinas and uh, going to your next stop. But, uh, you know, but I enjoyed it. I think that was my the most fun I had in baseball was, was in the Carolina League. I just, again, felt like 
Love the small towns. You know, the East Coast was wonderful. Um, you know, had a had a lot of great teammates that that made it uh, fun to go to the ballpark. Um, and then uh, you know, just uh, playing good baseball and great coaches um, to play for. So it was, but it, it was a grind. Uh, you know, everybody says, how can you, uh, you know, get sick of playing baseball? But you know, in your 130th game, when you're when you're out of the race, it's it's a little more more difficult going to the ballpark but uh but uh so when they say you're you're hoping for a rain delay you know there's there's a lot of truth to that but <laughs> you could just use a day off to do nothing uh you just didn't get many of those opportunities all right coach Lowell, i'll give you just a couple more quick hitters and then i'll, I'll let you go who was the best player you faced or, or you pitched against professionally when you're in the mariners organization uh, well, in, in uh, the Carolina League, uh, Manny Ramirez won the Triple Crown that year. Uh, I, I did not get it. I, I pitched against Kingston, but uh, didn't get an opportunity to uh, face him. Um, I was uh, closing one game uh, in Frederick, Maryland, um, and uh, no, it was Prince William uh, in Washington. But uh, J.T. Snow was a first base with them, and. And um, he was hitting three hole for him, and and I was I was closing because my closer uh, closer threw two many pitches the day before. Um, I got the I got the nine hole out, and I got the leadoff guy out. So I had two outs in the ninth, and um, let my guard down in a one run game, and walked the walked the two hole to get the JT Snow, and uh, he was leading the league and hitting at the time, and and. Uh, he takes a fastball the other way and smokes it right out our shortstop line drive. Uh, caught for the last out and, and uh, walked by my pitching coach. He said, "You know, don't ever do that again. <laughs> <laughs> you got to focus and get the two holes. So you don't have to face the three holes." So, I, I mentioned that story many times to our pitcher, pitching staff. That you know, just because I did it doesn't mean you have to do it. And that's one too. You you tell your kids later, and you're like, "Hey, he was in the World Series with the Giants." Right. There's a story for you. So. That's pretty exactly. cool. Did you did yeah. you realize whatever you know, the two previous first round picks the year before you got drafted were Ken Griffey Jr. and Tino Martinez? Right. Yeah. And uh, you know they were we were in spring training together and and uh, you know just knew obviously that they were great ball players and, and uh, uh, Griffey Jr. of course was just a skinny little kid. Of course he was in the major leagues at the time, but. Um, Tino Martinez was still a little bit, uh, you know, coming unknown of, uh, you know, double A, triple A guy. And then, of course, he exploded and, and had a great professional career. So, um, you know, got a, got a chance to hang around those guys, you know, quite a bit in spring training, which was, which was obviously exciting at the time. Um, on that, uh, on that team in the Carolina League, um, we had Jimmy Campanis, who, uh, was a catcher for us. We had Brett Boone. Uh, who was a second baseman for us and at the time they were um, in a in a race to see who was going to be the first third generation player in their family to get to major leagues so that was kind of a, a talking point always with our uh, our team and uh, uh, Jimmy played quite a while triple uh, a double a after that and just didn't crack the major league roster of course Brett Boone went on to play professionally for many many years so uh, but you know looking back. Uh, Jeff Nelson was on that pitching staff, had a great career with the Mariners and Yankees. Um, so, you know, just, uh, be, say, just to be able to say that you, you played with those guys, you're friends with those guys, and, you know, something pretty special. 
pretty good company. Favorite team growing up while you're in North Dakota? Uh, I was always a Twins fan. You know, it was uh, it was uh, about three and a half hours from our, our farm to the Twin Cities. Didn't get there a lot, but uh, was able to catch you know quite a few uh, games, uh, both in the old stadium and then of course in the Metrodome after that. And um, we were we were always Twins fans growing up. And uh, again, you just didn't see many Mariners games. Um, on TV back then, so didn't didn't know a whole lot about them, but except the big big names, and uh, but you know I was excited to be playing professional baseball. And your favorite baseball movie of all time? Oh man, you know that's a long list. That's uh, you know, there's some good I, I ones. Say that I always say that uh, you know that's why baseball is the best uh, sport out there is because they have so many movies uh, about baseball. So. You know, it just kind of depends on the mood you're in. So obviously, Bull Durham is, is a classic. Um, Major League is, is another uh, great comedy. Um, uh, watched Field of Dreams just the other night. Uh, you know, love the natural. Uh, we can go on and on and on. But uh, I don't know if I, I, I have a favorite. I don't have a, a least favorite. I think I just like all, all movies because I, I think it's a, a great storyline. It's hard to find a bad one, that's for sure. That's right. Coach Lowe, we appreciate you coming on and talking with us here on Bearcat Rewind. And hopefully before long, things get back to normal and we'll start talking Northwest Missouri State baseball as we head into, uh, of course, this season's wiped out, but I guess 2021, the next spring coming up. Yeah, hopefully we can get going with football season and we can watch uh, we can watch Bearcat football and then roll into the spring and, and have a great spring. That'll be perfect. Have a great day. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Lowe. Thanks once again to Darren Lowe for joining us here on Bearcat Rewind. You think about Northwest Missouri State baseball, you think about Coach Lowe, but a lot of fun to kind of go back into his playing days and and hear about him coming up as a pitcher at Valley City State University, getting into a major league organization with the Seattle Mariners uh, before getting into the coaching ranks. So once again, thanks to Coach Lowe for joining us. We thank you for listening to Bearcat Rewind. Please subscribe, rate, review, and tell your friends about the podcast. I'm Matt Tritton. We will talk to you again next time.